and welcome to the official Leeds United podcast with me, Emma Jones, Matt Lewis and Jermaine Beckford. Shall we just play the intro to our last episode again, shall we, boys? <laughs> yeah, we might as well. Wowza. I feel like that would just be very, very apt. Uh, now, we're delighted to say we are going to be joined shortly by Mark Jackson, who recently stepped up from his role as head coach of Leeds United Under-23s to join the first team coaching staff. But, lads, let's discuss the 3-2 win over Wolves immediately. We got another last minute winner. Get in there, the lads. Yes. The only criticism I have of that was ailing celebration, Bill celebration. I was buzzing off that. No criticism requires. It's incredible. <laughs> it's the best celebration I've ever seen. The sheer athleticism of that man. It's just, he should be an Olympic gymnast or something. It. It's spectacular. Um, listen, Matt, you've got a way with words um, and there are plenty of positives to take from that how are you feeling it's just incredible I mean I don't know if I can take much more of it to be totally honest with you um, <laughs> I'm with you on that one it, it, it was it was talk about a, you know a game of two halves I mean I remember at 2-0 down and, and all the enforced substitutions that we had to make and at this point I'm getting really angry because um, we looked quite comfortable in the first few minutes um, you know when with Pat up front and we looked okay and we looked like we were carrying on from the back of the Norwich game and I said to my friend I said just have we completed 90 minutes this season without having at least one in four substitution has that even happened once at all it doesn't feel like it does it and for managers like who already have a depleted bench to work from like it, 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 it must be immensely frustrating we just cannot catch a break we, we cannot play our first 11 we cannot play the game plan that we've wanted to play. And it just feels like the world's against you. And then their bloody substitute, they have an enforced substitute as well. And he comes on and gets bloody man of the match. And I was just, <laughs> just started to tear my hair out, like how, how unfortunate and unlucky we are. And yet you just can't write off this team, can you? And what I love was that you could see in that moment what it meant to all of them. Calvin running onto the pitch. I don't know if you've seen the photograph that someone managed to get of Calvin celebrating that. It was truly, and the fans, have you seen the clip of the fans all celebrating? It's amazing. Unbelievable moment. And and like you always say, Matt, it wouldn't be Leeds if we did it the easy way, would it, Bex? Absolutely not. <laughs> easy way, what's that? It's always been it's always been this way or, or no way. It'd be nice though, wouldn't it? One week, maybe. <laughs> it would be nice to watch the full 90 minutes, score a nice early goal, say like yeah. after the 15, 20 minutes, get another one after another 10, 15 minutes. 2-0 up at halftime and then just smooth, plain sailing right the way through to the full-time whistle. That would be great, wouldn't it? We don't do it like that, do we? It's boring. That's why we've got so many neutral fans that love and appreciate watching us and 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 how we play how we play and what we do. Do you know, I was in the pub and, and we were 2-0 down and I, I, was, I told everyone, I said, we're not going out, I'm driving. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to get from this game. And, and the reason I was so... I don't want to say pessimistic, but we've outplayed Wolves three times before that and got and got one diddly. point. Yeah. So it's regard regardless of how well we would have played, I was just like, this is just one of them games. So I'm going to drive, and if we get something great, but chances are, you know, we, we were. And at two nil down, my prediction was was looking pretty accurate. Um, and I said to my, I said to my wife, "Don't worry, I'll be, I'll be back in I'll be back in an hour. There's only 45 <laughs> minutes left." Um, oh. And uh, 
one goal, two goals, it's two <laughs> all. And I said, I, I texted her, and I said, hey, look, can you can you come and get the car and me? In, in, <laughs> in, in, like Because I can't not have a drink at 2-2. And if we win it, it's going to be a little bit more than a, than a drink. And um, she said, no, 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 no. You've got, you've, got to, you've, you've got to bring the car home. We've got to be somewhere in the morning. Anyway, when, when, when Bill scored that goal, she texted me and said, I'm coming. She jumped in an Uber and came down <laughs> and we all, we all went out. We, we, we had to pick up the car next day anyway. We all I went out it. and it was carnage. I love that. And do you know what? Since that game, the amount of Leeds fans I've spoken to that said, you know, heading into half time, they were fuming, they were kicking off and they, they said they went upstairs anyway, put the Leeds top on came back downstairs and they're all taking credit for that result. What I love is just the reaction to it, that there's there's still, because of the way Leeds play, an element of belief that even though, you know, you go into the break, you're a bit disheartened, you, you know, you two nil down, we can come back from it. Yeah, look, we're a little bit disappointed, aren't we? That's, that's, that's what it was. I was working as well. So I was trying to stay professional and sensible <laughs> and toe the line and not be too silly. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> wow, we... The red card obviously changed the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're looking at getting back in the, go- in the game. One quick goal. Boom. Another goal. Boom. And I'm sitting at the edge of my seat. I'm grabbing the edge of the, 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 the chair as well. My knuckles are going white. And then the third goal goes in. I'll be honest. There's an aspect, an element of me that lost my sh- I lost it. I lost it a little <laughs> bit. I went crazy. Nearly broke TVs and tables and all sorts. But that's what, that's what we love. That's what we're about. It's the, it's, it's the context of it as well. I mean, it's very hard to describe because, it, 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 you know, to the average person, coming back from 2-0 down to 3-2, that's a big deal anyway. But in the context of this season, you know, where we're at, it was a huge, huge three points. What's been happening? And also the frustration that people were feeling at halftime was not about the players or the manager. It was it was the, the sense of injustice of just how many injuries are we going to suffer? Just how much bad luck are we going to have? Right when we feel like we're coming out the end of it, something else happens. And you just sit there and go, what chance have we even got? What chance have we got when the, when the football gods are against us? And... And also, there is something I do want to say, that the context as well, is that this is a team that people have been saying have lost their bottle. And they've been saying, oh, yeah, no, the passion's there, the desire's there, but they've got no confidence and they've got no bottle. And I'm sorry, that is just not true. That is just not true. It was quite enjoyable proving them wrong, though, wasn't it? Um, one thing that did break your heart, though, boys, our very own Patrick Bamford. Oh, God. I know. Oh, I felt <sighs> oh, like a full-on mother seeing him that upset. Um, Alistair Logie's tweeted in to say, seeing Pat heartbroken on the bench, Jermaine and Matt have to be banned from winding him up this week. Chin up, Pat. You have an entire city in your corner. There will be no winding him up this week. We genuinely feel for him. In the group after the game... Like there was nothing, was there? It was just felt so bad. After everything that he's he's had to endure this season and to have fought his way back to, to playing one game off the bench... And then starting a game, played the full half, which was great. And then starting his second game, and then all of a sudden, ah oh man, I feel for the guy. Feel for the guy. Yeah. Sent, we 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 all sent him a couple of messages, and it's it's tough, isn't it? It's tough because you know what it means to him. You could everybody could see it. Like there's there's a picture on Twitter. There's you know while the game was going on, we saw the the video clip of Coops with his arm around Pat and Pat's just distraught and you could see it in his face what it means to him not to be out there after everything he's been through to have another setback which is ah oh, feel for him man I really do and I hope you won't mind me saying this but 
Pat's confidence when I've been texting him during these last few months um, about me being a complete nervous wreck about potentially getting relegated, and and his confidence has been reassuring. Even even when he's been injured, it's been so reassuring. It's he's just been constantly just like we're not going down. Like we're not. Yeah. Honestly, don't forget about it. We're not. He has such a belief and such passion in wanting to keep this team up um, and do the very best for Leeds United Football Club. And also someone who actually has that power within him because he's that good and that integral. And then him not being allowed to do it, that I think is what hurts him the most. Yeah. Um, and and so seeing that, seeing those tears on the bench, I know where that comes from. Um, and and it's and it's his his inability to affect what's going on, and he really, really wants to do the best for this club. And so yeah, I hate watching that. Um, but I think it's a testament to him and who he is and what the club means to him. Yeah, absolutely. And we spoke only like last week about how important it is, you know, when we do have Pat fit and playing, what a difference it makes to every single man yeah. in that team because it gives them the confidence knowing that we've got Pat up front. And it does. You can, you can see it straight away. The, the, the way we play is so different. The confidence in moving the ball forward quickly is so different. Pat makes such a huge impact and a huge difference to, to everybody's style of play. You don't mind popping the ball into him in really difficult, tricky situations, even bouncing the ball so that it bounces up by your like hip height. So you have to really try and change the way you manoeuvre and, and, and bring the ball under control. They'll still get around him and get players running off him because they, they have complete and utter faith and trust in, in his ability. You know, he's a brilliant football player. And it's just, it's, it's so frustrating that he's having to endure that again. You know, I've, I've been in situations where I've, I've torn my hamstring and I was out for six weeks and I was chomping at the bit to get back to, to be in full fitness. And then you overcompensate, you try a little bit too hard. And then the same game that you come back, the very first one, you do the other side or you, 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 you do it again and the toll that it takes on you mentally is is really tough you know and that's why you need that's when you, you're going to need all of the the positive influences around you people that are you know not not sucking up to you but people that are talking to you and, and reminding you of all the good all the positive that you've done and where you are and what you've been through to get to where you've gotten to and you know that's that's the the most important and that's the vital parts of of where he is right now you know, he's yeah. going to need all the support you could get from everybody. And we're sending you all the love and positivity, our very own Patrick Bamford. Um, Matt, how many beers deep were you by the time the uh, manager came out to give his post-match interview? Uh, Do you remember it? He <laughs> <laughs> spoke so well, and that's actually something we've spoken about on the podcast previously since Jesse came in, just how well he articulates himself. You can see that he understands this club having only been here a short amount of time. He understands the ethos, he gets it. And I think that came across again in that interview, don't you, Jermaine? Yeah, absolutely did. I, 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 love, I love when he's talking because he's so enthusiastic. So enthusiastic. Doesn't matter what's happened during the game. The game could be really, really bad, a diabolical performance, but he'll always find something to, to pick you up and pick us up as as fans as as football players as people that are loved and connected with the club he will always find that one thing that you can resonate with to make you think to yourself hold on he's actually right we do need to stick with the guys through this moment because they need us to be that excuse the cliche the 12th man everything that he he brings to the club is quite I don't want to call it refreshing because I loved Marcelo and I loved the way that they communicated with with the press and with with the the outside world, 
but it's quite refreshing seeing something like Jesse Marsh coming out and immediately and, you know, just saying it exactly as he sees it. I, I admired his honesty during that because I did watch the, the since then I've watched the um his post match with um Carragher and, and, and Neville and and, and, I, and I thought it was really interesting how, how honest he was, particularly when he was talking about Calvin Phillips, for example, and he was like, Look, if I'm gonna be honest, he was never gonna play. Yeah. Um and it shows to me that he he gets the concept of what a talisman Calv is and how just having him on the bench, even if he's not gonna come on. Like having him on there, what it means to the fans in the stadium who are, who are seeing that, what it means to the, the players around him. And Cal, for, you know, whatever nonsense that you were spouting in our interview the other week about not being a leader. He is. He is. To, he's a born captain to me at some point in the future. He doesn't realise it. He's he's an unsung captain. Absolutely. Um, and, and Marsh sees that immediately. And also, you know, it forces the opposition to go, well, is he going to come on? Do we have to make a, do we have to make a contingency plan for if mm. Calvin comes on? Mm. Um, but I thought it was very cool of him to come out and go, yeah, he was never going to play. I just thought it was yeah, really like interesting, Cheeky, and I think that that's. <laughs> I think I think that other the other fans might, uh, you know, particularly neutrals might find that very interesting. And also, we got a we got a, a classic American clearing of the benches at the end of the game. <laughs> I mean, you don't often see that in British football. I know it's a it's a staple of baseball, but um, elaborate for our fans that didn't didn't quite catch that bit. Well, when there's a bit of a scrap, you know, if, if some of the players are getting into it, then then you clear the benches and everyone's off there and we're all at it. And we had we had all the backroom staff, we had oh, Calvin dear. in there, we had Click in there with his face like a balloon. He's in there. Melia is in there. And I'm sitting there going, for God's sake, guys, sit down. I Get ice on yourselves. Rest up. But no, they're, they're out there clearing the benches. I loved it. it there was a brilliant picture of Clicky in the face of um, Bruno Large uh, or one of his, um, one of his assistants. And in the background of, of Clicky really losing it and going, ah, is Jesse Marsh. And he's, he's, his eyes are completely fixated on Clicky. <laughs> but he's got the biggest smile on his face. Like he's buzzing seeing Clicky going nuts so with him. That passion. My favorite picture. Passion. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you can't hold a 2-0 lead for half an hour at home against our under-23s, you don't deserve to win. I mean, yes. Yes. even we went to Etihad with 10 men and won. Come on. <laughs> well, well, Matt, speaking of under-23s, I'm absolutely delighted to tell you that we are joined by someone who's played for the club and worked with the under-23s and uh, the youth age groups in recent years. And he's been instrumental to the club's success, helping to nurture the likes of Joe Gellhart, Sam Greenwood and Charlie Creswell. He was recently promoted to first team duties by new boss Jesse Marsh and we now have a chance to find out more about his work. Lads, big warm welcome please for Mark Jackson. Kind words, Emma, kind words. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on and we've got so much to get stuck into but first off, what did you make of that Wolves game? Well, it was just a, it was just a follow on from the Norwich game, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> listen, when in, in the first half when we started losing players, you know, we, we lost the spine of the team. I think, you know, we forget that sometimes. We lost the spine mm. of the team within within that game as well and we've done a lot of work on Wolves and they, they don't concede many goals at all. So for them to score two goals... Uh, and for us to try and get back into to the game in the manner we did was was fantastic. But listen, it, it, it's all credit to the players. They're on the pitch. They go out there. They cross a white line, and they had to roll the sleeves up, and, and and they did to good effect. So listen, it was a much much needed result, and it it, it took us into uh, it's taken us into the international break now in in, in good shape. Does it carry a special weight for you in particular um, because of those injuries? You know, no one wants to see that happen, obviously. 
but it means that the, the the crop of young lads that you've been nurturing for the last few years have been able to come on and have really shined in not just that game, the Norwich game before and a couple of games throughout the season. Does it carry a special weight for you, that game, that those lads came on and they and they did what they did and we got that win? Of course, it's a proud moment for everybody in the academy who's worked with the players, not just myself. You know, there's a lot of work gone into developing the players. I mean, even, even the players who've come in and only been in a short space of time, like Sam Greenwood and Joe Geldart, you know, credit must go to the clubs where they've been at before, obviously. But since they've come into the club, uh, we've worked with them really, really hard. And, you know, the likes of like Charlie Creswell, who's been in the club since a young age. Listen, it's a proud moment for everybody in the academy when they see someone get onto the pitch. Uh, and not only get onto the pitch, but really, really contribute to uh, to, to the victory as well. Uh, just to, not against Wolves, but also against Norwich as well, uh, with obviously Joffrey scoring the goal. But for you, Mark, I mean, you're, I've seen in your post-match interviews many times, you always give credit to the players, and rightly so, but you deserve a lot of credit yourself. You've worked your way up, haven't you? You joined as a coach with the under-15s and under-16s. What has that journey been like over quite a substantial amount of years, really? Well, listen, first and foremost, it's you know, it's it's credit to the club that you know they want players to progress as well, but it's, there's an obvious path, pathway for coaches as well. Uh, I joined as the under 15 and under 16 uh, lead coach and then went up to the under 18s and up to the 23s and you know I've got a, a chance now to support the new manager in Jesse and you know it's it shows a, a pathway for coaches uh, so you know I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that for that opportunity that you know Adam Underwood's uh, seen in me as well and and Victor and and the chairman Andrea and obviously Jesse coming in and you know he, he wanted that support from probably someone who's been at the club and knows the young players so you know I'm, I'm I said listen I'm at, I'm at your beck and call to to help you with these young players and whatever I need to do I'll support you in that way. How did you find that transition? Obviously you mentioned you were with the 15s, the 18s, the 23s, etc. How did you find the transition of bouncing between each age group? And then from the twenty threes up to the uh, up to the first team, do you, do you still have some of the young boys calling you Gaffer? <laughs> uh, not, no, not so much. Uh, they, all call, they all call me Jacko, and that's what I don't, don't expect. But listen, no, no, it's been really, really smooth. The, the reason being is because when I come in, I was I was working with the 15s, 16s, and in that group there was there was Jamie Shackleton. Uh, you know, he was Noan Kenner. I worked with from an early age as well. So a lot of the players kind of I, I moved up with the players. So that kind of made it easier. Okay. Uh, and I've worked with them all the time. So there's always been familiar faces uh, about the group for me as regards to the players. I then know them because for, for me, coaching is about the connection of players and how you connect with the players, how you get on with them, how you can you connect with them, how you can you know help their learning and development. And everybody's in, an, an individual for me. Everybody needs to be treated in a different way and some need an arm around them. So I got to know them players as soon as I come into the club and for me to follow them through on their journey up has been really, really beneficial for me as a coach, but hopefully it's been beneficial for them because they've got a familiar face who who they've, they've made that connection with. So the transition has been really, really smooth. And, uh, you know, I'm working with players now who have, who have spent a lot of time with uh, throughout their years at the academy. It's incredibly useful from a first-team perspective, but I, I wonder... Was it ever frustrating? Obviously, the, the you know the academy and, and and the youth setup is there to facilitate the first team, but was there a degree of frustration sometimes for you when you saw the injuries to the first team and you kept losing your best players to the first team because <laughs> you were doing such a fantastic job and you continue to do a great job, um, and I'm thrilled that you're now working with the first team. But was that frustrating at times? Listen, I'd lie if I said it wasn't frustrating at times, and I'd be I'd be sitting on there and I'd, and I'd be lying, but. 
all the time you have to remind yourself, and we, we were quite good at that as a staff in within our group and our coaching group, is just, listen, just reminding each other what our, our goal is, you know, and yeah, our goal right. is ultimately to support that first team and develop the players. And even if you look at it, even early on in the season, you know, we've, we, we've played with a really, really young set of under-23s this year. I think the Man United game, the probably one game I missed as I stepped up, they got the pick of <laughs> the players for that game. <laughs> so, so uh, listen, we've worked with a young group of players, but I always try and look at the kind of the glass half full and you say, listen, these young players are coming in, they're probably a little bit too early for them, but the exposure they're getting at 23s level is, is, is going to stand them in good stead for when they become 23s players, you know, when the 23s become their age group. So, listen, there's, there's, there's always benefits to it. But, listen, there's all, there was always little times of frustration because you can go, well, what could have been? And the momentum mm, yeah. we could have created by, you know, having that strong team out all the time. And let's be right, I mean, some of the under-23s players were, were desperate to play sometimes. Uh, but we had to cap the minutes because of you know the requirements for the first team. But I think that that the kind of strategy is, is shifting a little bit now. And the new manager Jesse sees the importance of these young players actually getting on the pitch and playing playing more minutes. Uh, but listen, there's always there's always going to be elements where we have to manage certain aspects of it. But with the ultimate goal being obviously the the first team, and that's. That's the same at any club. What's it been like for you working with Jesse so far, Jacko? It's been great. You know, I spoke to him for the first time when I was down in, because uh, we had the Spurs game. Uh, and he said, listen, I've got a bit of bad news for you. You're going to have to be in early in the morning because we'd like you to support us. What was your reaction? No, we'd have been in anyway. We're, we're, no matter what time <laughs> we get back under Marcelo, we were in first thing anyway. So it was no, no change to me. But it was it was exciting for me. Like I said, he's, he's, he's a really, really positive coach and manager. Uh, he's really, really open. Uh, he wants to include all his staff into things. He he has one to ones with the players, and you know it's been it's, it's been really, really beneficial for the group and easy for the transition of me going up there as well. But the transition of him and his staff, his new staff coming in and and and, and blending into the club, I think it's happened really, really well. I'm interested in these next two weeks. You know the the the, the break that we've got because I can only imagine that when you've got a manager who's so invested with with the club as Marcelo was and for four years you know there's a system that's been been built and, and you've been a huge part of that which I suppose is hugely important for Jesse moving forward and, and, and one of the main reasons why you've been promoted to first team but how difficult is that to then obviously we don't want to undo Marcelo's work it's about building on that but that must be incredibly difficult to, to do that with the handful of days that Jesse and yourself have had after four years so how important is these next couple of weeks to try and work on on Jesse's vision for the club? Je- Jesse and his staff, Frankie and, and, and Cameron Toshak, who've who've come in with him. You know, Frankie's worked with Jesse for a long time. So even myself, now I'm learning. I'm learning off Frankie. I've just been in the office with him now, talking about you know how how we're going to implement our style of play and how can we do it more consistently. How can we filter that down to the 23s and 18s and and the rest of the academy? So we're talking. We're talking kind of that way already and the managers, Jesse's really, really keen for that to happen. Uh, we're under no illusions that we, we have to implement it firstly at first team level as quickly as possible. You know, and we're doing that every day. Uh, listen, there's, there's a lot of similarities between how they play. The main thing is obviously the man marking. You know, that's, that's the system what we, we need to come mm. away from under, under Jesse's philosophy. Uh, and it's a tough habit to break. Believe it or not, you know when something's been ingrained well into the group, which it was, mm. and it was really, really successful. 
those kind of habits and behaviors are, are hard to break. And, you know, we're doing that step by step uh, every day. We're trying to implement things. Uh, Jesse's done a lot of uh, video analysis with the players and utilize that because at the end of the day, with the injury situation as well, we've, we're kind of nursing a lot of players a lot of the time. So, you know, that's a challenge as well. We can't just get out there and spend hours on the training ground. We have to manage players' loads and we have to miss certain players and things like that because that's the situation we're in with the injuries. But, you know, we, we, we're doing it step by step. This international period now will be a, a vital part, you know, for the players who, are, who have remained with us. We can, we can start to kind of embed those core behaviours we'll be looking for in the new style of play. Is it true, Mark, that you played against Jesse March once upon a time? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. And he couldn't remember me. I said, I wouldn't expect him to. I'm not, <laughs> oh, I'm not the most, harsh. I'm not the, I'm not the most memorable of players. But No, he's tried this long to forget you. He yeah. was that hard to play against. <laughs> I didn't. I looked back on the game, actually, and I think I went off after about 10. I, got, and I can remember getting an injury. Uh, but no, I, I moved house recently and I, I, I was emptying a loft out and I come, come across a shirt and it said Marsh on the back and no it, was, uh, it was against DC wow. United. And I reminded him uh, when we uh, when we first met. So I, I did say I'd bring it into him. So I need to get back up in the loft and dig it out and, <laughs> and bring it in. It was it was back in the day when shirts used to be massive. It used to yeah. be like right. Right. Yeah, one size fits all. <laughs> I can remember at the time there was they actually brought a video out of it. It'll be somewhere in the archive somewhere, and it was it was a video cassette. And I can remember it being on sale in the shop, and I went and bought it. It's called the Whites in Washington. <laughs> And it, it must wow. be in the archive somewhere at Ellen Road, must be. There must be wow. a video out there or some footage of it. It was a great trip, I can remember it. It was a great end-of-season trip. We played Columbus Crew and DC United. The White's in Washington, we need to dig that out, don't we? Please dig it out, yeah, it's, it's somewhere. <laughs> but, Jacko, back to here and back to your home territory. When I think of Leeds United, I you are one of the people I think of at this club. To me, you are the bread and butter here. You are part of this club, you're a staple part, and you grew up in these parts, didn't you? How important is it that the club has a relationship with the city that it does at the minute, which is such a positive one? Listen, the, the club and the fans have always been phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, you know, of late, it's, it's, it's grown even more. And, you know, Marcelo's a massive part of that as well uh, in, in what he's achieved and, and getting the club back to the Premier League. Let's not forget that. It's been a massive, massive part of it. And, and hopefully now we, I mean, the, 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 Jesse and, and, and Frankie could not believe. Uh, it was mainly the, the Leicester game and then the Aston Villa game. And I can remember coming out of the hotel uh, where we stayed and we were going to the game at home. And Frankie said to me, he said, we've got all these fans outside the hotel and they're clapping and <laughs> we, got, we got beat. We, we got beat the last game. I said, well, listen, this is, this is how it is and this is what it's like. And I can remember saying after the Norwich game, I said, well, listen, welcome to Leeds. Get used to this. The, the kind of atmosphere was unbelievable. Mm. And I think they were taken aback a bit. And let, let's let's remember that Jesse's managed in the Champions League and some extremely big games. And, and Frankie's been part of that as well and Cameron. But yeah, they were, they were taken aback by that. And, that, you know, I'm used to that. And that's what I see as Leeds United, that connection with the club and the fans and the city. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we can continue to get success and, and continue to grow that even further. Did you explain to him that we don't do things the easy way? These last minute goals, <laughs> he's going to have to get used to this and he should probably wear a heart monitor or something like that because that's just how we do it. I, I said, listen, get get used to it. This is Leeds. This is what it's about. Uh, <laughs> I think he's, all, you know, the style of play, what he's going to bring to the club and you've probably seen that front foot kind of football, you know, that pressing, that counter pressing, that aggressive aggressiveness on the ball and to me that's Leeds United 
that's Leeds United. I always used to say, you know, if teams want to play football against us, we'll, 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 we'll play football. If they want to fight us, no problem. We'll have that fight and we'll win that battle, no problem. So that, 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 that style of football, what the manager's trying to continue at the club and just tweak a little bit, you know, fits perfectly with, with what the fans expect. It's going to take a little bit of time for us to get it, get it really, really right. And, you know, we've got to do that quickly. Uh, but no, it's going to fit perfectly, in my view. We've already seen aspects of that as well, which is great. But what I want to do is go back a little bit. You obviously coming through the um, through the academy, etc., and you played with with who? Uh, Harry Kuehl, Ian Hart, uh, Stephen yeah. McPhail. That previous uh, crop of players, how do you compare those guys with the current guys now? Would you reckon they're right up there together? Is there still a, a fair distance to, to go? No, listen, it's different times in football, Jermaine. You know, it's different times, of course it is. And I can also remember looking back, you know, I come through with uh, Andy Gray. Archie's dad. I've got Archie <laughs> Gray now and it's his son. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> that time, there were some fantastic young players, you know, for that period. Fantastic young players with huge potential. The game's moved a little bit now, I think. You know, players are making the debut a little bit later. Squads are bigger, things like that. I can remember when I first got onto the bench for the first team, there were three subs. That was it. Uh, that was 1980. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, listen, I feel we're getting into that uh, territory of, of, of having a fantastic uh, bunch of young players who are ready to impact the first team. I think we're on the brink of that now. Uh, I think we're making huge st- steps as an academy and that's credit to the, all the staff in the academy and, and, the, and, and the owners of the club and, and Victor and everybody and the recruitment staff for you know, recruiting the young players we've brought in. Academy coaches of nurturing the players we already have in at the club. Joe Geldart come mm. and scored the goal. Uh, Charlie Creswell come on. Sam Greenwood come on the other day and had a huge impact yeah. in the game. Uh, so we're starting to see these players now make their debuts and make their stamp on the first team. There's still a long way to go for them to to be established, uh, but they're, they're in a great environment with a manager now who who can continue their development and give them that exposure. Well, look, Jacko, we know that Mr Marsh himself is waiting for you. You're due into a meeting any minute. Just finally, before you go, you picked up a booking against Wolves, didn't you, Mark? We love that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we do love that. <laughs> is that the longest amount of time between picking up bookings for the Leeds United first team, do you reckon, Jacko? I'm looking back on it. I, don't, I didn't say that much to the fourth official. I, 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 I honestly didn't. I, I want that bad. It's about quality of what you're saying. <laughs> it's a very harsh booking, I thought, but that's, that's part of the togetherness for me. Uh, yes. you know you yeah, saw I, I think you saw that in in the Norwich game and and the Wolves game there's a desire for everybody to do well and everybody to play their part in the game you know we can't we can't do that on the pitch because we can't cross that white line the players can do that but if we can support them and help drive them and you know if it needs to kick off a little bit sometimes <laughs> and uh, what I say is standing up for yourself you know I'll, I'll always yeah. stand up for our players I'll always stand up for them. And if I see something that's not right, I'll always ask a question. I'll, you know, I'll stand up for anybody in our team. And I think we've got a squad of players now and a, and a group of staff who, who, who buy into that and, and, and realise the importance of that. And it's massive. Jacko, we love you for that. And we love you for so many other things. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us here on the official Leeds United podcast. And once again, huge congratulations on a well-deserved promotion. No man deserves it more. So massive congratulations. And it's exciting times for you and the club for the future. Thank you so much, Mark Thank Jackson. you. Good luck, mate. See you all later. How good is he, lads? And how well-deserved that is that promotion? Oh, buzzing for him. That was superb. I mean, I don't know that the man as well as, as you guys, but... um. 
just from that chat there, I'm just like the honesty, uh, the passion that fills me with so much confidence going forward that we've got a bloke like that working with the first team right now. I think that's some. Um, that's a great little interview. Love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I love the fact that he's worked with some of these boys at 15s, at 18s, at 23s, under 23s, you know, and then he still gets to see them them learning and growing and nurturing them. And and they they would have built a, a brilliant bond between them and a, and a great understanding. So he will know their strengths and weaknesses better than any other coach out there. And for him to see that coming to fruition with them, playing in the first team, in and amongst the first team squad, training every day with the first team, he must feel, and I know he, he briefly touched on it there, but he he was a little bit reserved in in how he really felt. He must be feeling over the moon with, with just, he must be so proud of these young, these young football players and, and to an extent buzzing with himself as well, what he's been able to, to achieve in helping them to reach their goals. Amazing. Lovely guy as well, isn't he? It's invaluable for someone like Marsh to come in with the injuries that we've had and we picked up a bunch more at the weekend. Um, for him to basically have that wealth of knowledge and say, look, which of these lads is ready? Which exactly. of these lads can go in front of 40,000 people at half time and, and not be overawed by it. And and we just showed that it bloody worked, didn't it? It certainly did. We love you, Mark Jackson. Thank you very, very much. Matt, Jermaine, thank you both. Thank you for joining us for the official Leeds United podcast. Have a belting weekend and we'll see you next week. Tell you. We are